Hi. Hello, how are you? Hello. Should we tell the truth? <laughs> oh. oh, this is hard. They made me cry. Couldn't imagine talking about it. It's how we feel. <laughs> the thing is, it comes from the heart. And it is also worth it. to the Care South podcast. Today we are in our Berkeley office, which is located in the Illawarra, just along the south coast of New South Wales. I'd like to start by acknowledging the traditional owners of this land, the Dharawal people, and pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. Today we are talking all things speech pathology specifically in a trauma-informed practice and we just couldn't think of anyone better to ask our questions to than our resident speechy at Care South. Her name is Tegan so hi Tegan how hi, are Tegan. you? I'm good thank you thanks for having me. Thanks for being here could you tell us about what you do here at Care South? Mm. Yeah so as you said I'm a speech pathologist here at Care South so I see children between the ages of 0 and 18 and their families um, for communication and feeding needs um, and I see a range of families across a range of our programs here at Care South so I'll see families through the NDIS so the National Disability Insurance Scheme uh, I'll also see families from our Brighter Futures um, programs and out-of-home out care programs as well. So most of my work is client direct sort of work, so doing assessments, doing intervention um, and working with those families one-on-one -on -one or in little group settings. Um, but another part of my role as well is providing support to other members of the Care South team, so that's the clinical team, as well as workers in other programs as well. So I do things like I go to team meetings and um, I might provide some like strategies and support to those team members as well. Um, and I also help with things like I might do up little social stories or visuals for yeah other workers that are needing a little bit of a hand trying to communicate effectively with their clients as well. Awesome, I feel like it's such like a wide range of things that you do for lots of different parts of the organisation so I'm sure none of your days are the same. <laughs> yeah it's really good I think it means that I'm seeing a diverse range of clients and people and um, yeah it keeps things exciting. <laughs> <laughs> There's often a perception around children as they move through those early stages of their life and they're looking to reach certain milestones so when it comes to speech or more broadly communication how how do you know when your child may need intervention or therapy? I think starting with the milestones and knowing your milestones is a really good thing for parents. Um, so, you know, helpful sites might be the Speech Pathology Australia website. They have a really good resource on communication milestones, um, as well as like Raising Children's Network and those kinds of websites are great. I think that if parents or carers have concerns that their kids aren't reaching those milestones, that's a first great first step. Um, mm. So I guess 
what I would say to parents and carers is if you have a concern around your child's development or communication development, that seeking a little bit of advice from like your GP or if you think that there is a communication delay there, um, referring to a speech pathologist and asking for their opinion and their clinical advice as to whether your child needs some intervention is a really good start. Mm. Um, I don't think it's going to hurt yeah. to seek out some help in those cases. Mm. Yeah. So if a parent or carer has a look on these websites and kind of notices that some of those milestones might not be hit, um, what are their steps into um, what to do next, you know, to seek, seek the help um, or some intervention, yeah. Yeah, I guess maybe starting with your GP, um, having a chat with them, or you can just call straight through to a speech pathologist and ask whether they can see your child and do a little assessment on them. Um, how does that work here for, for us at Care South? Yeah, so you can go onto our website and we have a contact number on our website. Um, you call that number and our call centre will take some details down and yeah, put together a referral form. And then that will be then sent to us as clinicians. And what we do here at Care South, which makes it a little bit more unique, is that we do what's called triage assessments. So every referral that comes through to us, whether it be for speech or other disciplines such as occupational therapy or psychology, we will bring those referrals to a team meeting and we'll discuss that case. Um, and then from there, we will decide whether we're an appropriate service to pick up that client or whether we think that they're better off being referred to another service. Um, what's also really good about that process is that because a range of clinicians are hearing about that one client, we can identify whether we think other disciplines need to become involved mm. as well. So for example, a client may be referred for counselling and I sit in on those team meetings and go, hang on, are there any underlying language difficulties here? Mm. I might be able to support with X, Y, and Z. Mm. Or same with like a speech um, referral as well. If we think that there's a need like for occupational therapy, we can also recommend that as well. And then from that process, we will go and do an assessment um, of the child. So that might look like a formal assessment um, where we get them to do like a standardised assessment um, and compare their results to the results of kids of their own age. Mm -hmm. Or we might do some more informal kind of assessment like some play observations um, or some little screeners. Mm -hmm. And yeah, after we do those assessments, then we can kind of tell the parents or carers whether we think there's a concern there mm -hmm. um, and whether we think that the child needs some further intervention. And within those sort of triaging um, meetings you have, what happens if the intervention is not provided at Care South? Mm -hmm. um, or, um, yeah, there are concerns, but yeah, we don't provide the services in house. Yeah, we would definitely let the carers and parents know very quickly if we can't offer a service. Um, for reasons such as like it may be out of our scope or we think that a service um, specialises in that area and we will provide names and numbers 
of places that we think may be appropriate for that client to be referred to. Yeah, because I feel like each client is always different from from the other. Mm. So, yeah, I feel like at Care South we really want the best for our clients and finding the best fit is, is like our priority yeah. in terms of setting their goals and making sure that they reach them. Yeah, definitely. And I think it can be a really tricky space as well for parents and carers, knowing what services their kids mm. need. So, yeah, if they can get a little bit of help and a little bit of direction of where to go, that's always a good thing as well. Definitely. So you spoke a little bit about the assessment part of your sessions. Mm -hmm. What kind of things do you work on ongoing? So when the intervention or therapy sort of begins, what do some of your sessions look like with, with kids and the adults? Yeah. yeah, I guess from that assessment, that will tell us what the child's strengths and areas of difficulties are. So that will help us with our planning for intervention. So what we'll do is write up an intervention plan with some goals and we'll usually discuss those goals with the parents and the carers so that therapy is very much family-centred and what they're after. Um, and then from there, we might recommend some intervention and that looks quite different depending mm. on those strengths and difficulties, mm. how old the client is, the client's goals. Yeah. Um, so I guess for a little bit of an idea of what we might do in sessions, I guess for older kids that might look, look like us doing some table work and some worksheets, um, more structured kind of activities. Yeah. Or for younger kids, that might look like some play-based kind of activities, trying to make it nice and fun for them so that they're not feeling like they're having to do work all of the time. Yeah. Um, and during, usually during our sessions with younger kids as well, I'll do a lot of parent coaching. Yeah. Um, and provide the parents with lots of strategies and activities that they can work on at home. I think that's really important because a client may come in and see me for, you know, 45 minutes a week, whereas they're at home for a lot longer than that. Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of the work is actually done at home. Mm. I guess as well, we offer therapy in different settings. So some of my sessions are done here in the clinic um, I might do some sessions out at preschools or schools. Um, more recently, we've done some telehealth <laughs> sessions, um, which are getting, yeah, they're pop quite popular with a few mm. different families. Okay. Um, yeah, they, they're just finding that it's more convenient yeah. for them and a bit easier. And some of the clients actually engage a little bit better. Interesting. By telehealth, yeah, which is really interesting. Mm. Um, but yeah, I guess that's sort of what therapy kind of looks like. Yeah. You mentioned the different places that you um, go to for therapy. So it might be here in the clinic, in schools. Why do you think some kids speak well in certain environments versus others? Mm. I think it's a tricky question to answer. Mm. Um, and it's probably very individually based and that child's areas of strengths and areas of difficulties but I guess in general kids are very similar to us as adults in that 
we're more comfortable in certain situations mm. than in other situations. Um, so I know for me, I'm a lot more talkative when I'm at home with people that I'm familiar with than in a safe setting as opposed to talking to a new person or a stranger that I've never spoken to before. And kids are very similar in that they need to feel safe and secure with that person. And that person also needs to be quite attuned to their needs as well, especially with a lot of our clients with these communication delays. Um, communication partners need to be very aware of um, that person, like that client's strengths and areas of difficulties and know the best ways that they can support that person's communication. Mm. Yeah, so I guess that's a bit in general. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you think there is a misconception around speech pathology only being for the client versus you mentioned you do some parent coaching as well mm. um, and that a lot of the time is spent actually at the home or at schools versus just in your 45 minute session like I didn't realize that you did kind of that piece of it which of course makes sense mm -hmm. um, but is there like a misconception that sort of I send my child to speech therapy and then I wait outside yes I think there is for some people mm -hmm. um, I think some parents would love us to have a magic wand <laughs> and be able to fix their child um, in that 45 minutes, mm. but that's just not the reality of yeah. it. Um, it usually takes, uh, you know, it takes all stakeholders to mm. really help out um, our kids. And yeah, they're just not going to improve alone in that 45 minutes. They, yeah. yeah, they really need that help back at home as well. Um, and it's also really important for the family to feel empowered and feel like they can help their child and yeah yeah because I feel like the parents know their child the best yeah. and I think a lot of like like any family you almost have your own language at home as well yeah. that you use um that's common to everyone so I feel like that would make sense mm -hmm. yeah. yeah definitely and in our parent coaching sessions we definitely try and talk about that you know mm -hmm. your own language at home or you might have a really special little game or routine mm. and you know the parents being involved in those sessions allows for those that intervention to be quite individualized yeah. and you know we can talk about those special games that you have with your child and how we can include some language goals into that so yeah, yeah. I think it's really important yeah is there something that you are passionate or really excited about in the role that you're in at Care South, or maybe just in the speech therapy space in general that, that you can talk about with us? Yeah, I think I have quite a unique role here mm. at Care South um, for a speech pathologist. Mm. Um, so here at Care South, a lot of our families are coming from, or oh, they've experienced trauma in the past. Um, so my speech pathology practice is having to be trauma informed which is quite unique mm. um, in the speech pathology space it is sort of becoming more recognized and there's more awareness being brought to our discipline um, but at the moment there's not many speeches that are working in this space mm. um, and yeah I find it a great space to be working in I think it's a very challenging space mm. um, 
you know, I have hard days and they can be really hard um, and testing, but the good days really outweigh those. Those challenging days, um, I think that I find it really rewarding work to come in and work with these families that have had had have had so many challenges over their life. Um, so when we get to celebrate those little wins, like, yeah, I just find that so rewarding. Mm. Um, yeah. I feel like there's a common thread of that with a lot of people I talk about at Care South, that there are challenges and times where um, you feel like you're not going anywhere with the work that you're doing mm. and the, the practice. And those little wins are just what keeps people going and you know whether it's for caseworkers or teams or the clients and the families themselves like everyone is involved in that win and it's Mm -hmm. so special and like you said extremely extremely rewarding so yeah um I think that's it (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for taking the time with us today in your busy schedule and I hope to have you back on the podcast, maybe like around two or something the next time. So thank you so much for being with us and having a chat. No worries. Thanks for having me, Tess. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our Care South podcast today. If anything has triggered you, head to our website, caresouth.org.au forward slash the Care South podcast for helpline information, along with show notes, resources, and previous episodes.